Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Good. My name is Shane. I'm super happy to be here with you this morning. I'm actually surprised how many people are here. Fourth of July weekend, I thought there was going to be three people here. Now, we'll see what the next service looks like. I bet all of you usually go late service, but who's going on vacation after this? Who's heading out? Oh, okay. So nobody's going anywhere. That's why. Uh, I, I made a mistake this morning. Me and my wife, my wife is not here because she is walking our dog around right now because we are going camping after this. And I told myself, you know what? I'll just pack in the morning. So before I go preach in the Thomas, I live in Roseville, uh, I'll just pack in the morning, I wake up early. So I woke up and I, everything started fine until I opened my garage door and looked into my garage and realized where everything was. And it took me like 45 minutes just to get to the camping stuff. So there was a little bit of anger in me pulling up to church because I was kind of like, you know, packing is the worst. Does anybody agree with me on that? Like packing is the worst. And my wife is pregnant with twins. Um, so she was no help at all. Uh, no, just, <laughs> she's not here. Uh, but she's creating life. She's doing everything. So she, she's pregnant. With my, we're having twin girls. We are a month out. So we're having twin girls in a month. I don't know why we're camping. Uh, yeah, she's her idea. Uh, we're having two girls named Willow and Harper. Uh, who was here last time I spoke? Who was not here last time I spoke? Now you just made it. Hey, now you just, I was I'm a youth pastor at Adventure in Rome. We are going to speak today on a topic I love. So I'm a youth pastor at Adventure in Roseville, now Bayside Church. So if you don't know, we voted last weekend and we became a Bayside campus. So we're the Adventure campus of Bayside Church. So I technically still work at Adventure, but I work for Bayside. It's confusing. I've been there for five years and I've worked for like three names on the building. I have no idea what's going on. I just show up and love on kids and that's all I do. So I'm the youth pastor there and we do this thing every once in a while where we, we call it Zufelig. Is there anybody who speaks German in here? So do you know what that word means? Zufelig means random in German. So what we do in our youth ministry is we take a random piece of scripture that no one usually talks about because it's hard to talk about because it's one of those things that you normally don't talk about in church because it's not easy. And we take that and we find God's purpose in it. So I thought, well, I'm guest speaking. I'm only going to be there once. So I might as well do this one. So if they hate it, who cares? I won't be here next week. So uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about this Zufalig passage, but before we do that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. It being Fourth of July weekend, God, we just thank you for our freedom. We thank you that we live in a country where we can freely worship you. I just feel right now, God, to just pray for those countries who are persecuted when your name is lifted up out of their mouths. Father God, I pray that you would just open up our hearts and open up our ears to hear you today. God, just teach us today. Teach us something new. Light a fire in us that needs to be reignited. God, we thank you for this and we praise you in your holy name. And everyone said, amen. All right, do me a favor. Look to the person on your right and say, what you looking at? (laughs) Turn to the person on your left and say, what you looking at? Okay, here's what we're going to have to get started. Just so you know, I'm an AG preacher, okay? So if you don't know what that is, I'm a simile guy. I'm a Pentecostal preacher, so I like loud, okay? So I want to hear it this time. Turn to the person to your right and say, what you looking at? There it is. Turn to the person to your left and say, what you looking at? That's what we're talking about today. Some of you, I, I love that because like whenever I ask people to talk in the tone, there's always that like husband that's like, I don't feel comfortable talking to my wife this way. And so they're just like, what you looking at? Uh, so we're going to be talking about Lot's wife. 
in Genesis 19, verse 26. It's going to go up on the screen here, the passage we're going to be talking about. But it says this in 1926, Genesis. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. The reason this is a Zootfelig message for me, a random message, is because how do you preach that to teenagers? How do you preach that to a congregation? She looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. We're going to try to do that today. i got to give you some background here. In Genesis 19, verse 13, it, uh, it, it kind of tells us the, where, the, where they were. It says, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against it and its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So the angels of God are sent to this place, and I think we all know where it is, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. Sent to this place to destroy this place because the outcry, the sin of this uh, place has become so great. And Lot and his family are there. And then in verse 19, it says this. In chapter 19, verse 17, it says, And they brought them out, and it said, Escape for your life. Do not look back. Say, do not look back. We'll get it, guys. Don't worry. Or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape, say escape, to the hills, lest you be swept away. See, the Hebrew for look back, we think the word look back just means this. That's not a big deal. We're just looking back. But the Hebrew for look back means to regard or to consider or to pay close attention to. See, it's very important that we know that because if we just read this piece of scripture as we just look back, it seems like a way too over-the-top punishment, correct? Like, oh, I dropped something. No! You know? Uh, but what the Hebrew is saying here is to regard, to look back, and to miss. To look back. And a lot of times we read this piece of scripture, we think that she was looking back because she was like, oh, I'm looking back because I'm going to miss the, the building I lived in. Do you think that's why she was looking back? I, I'm, I'm going to miss miss that little like hole-in-the-wall house that we have. No, she's looking back because what she's saying is, I'm going to miss my old way of life. I'm going to miss what I had before God called me out. She looks back and she's saying, I wish I could still have that. I'm uncertain about where we're going. Has anybody ever been uncertain about where God has called you to go? Anybody ever, like when God has put something on your heart, I'm going to share my story real quick. Um, I, I worked at Subway stores. I managed three stores in Galt, California. And um, is, is there a Subway employee in here? Let's go. Come on. So I, uh, Subway is the internship for God's kingdom. But uh, so I, I worked at, I managed these three Subway stores. And I went to this camp called Hume Lake Camp. And I'm, I'm in a worship service. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not somebody that claims to hear, like, the verbal, audible voice of God very often. But I heard a whisper in this worship service when I was four days into leading a small group and just extremely exhausted. Who knows God speaks when you're tired? Yeah, that's why we, I know it sounds, that's why we take high school kids to summer camp. Because when they're at summer camp, they're exhausted and it's easier for them to listen. I know it sounds weird, but it's 100% true. But I was there. Because my boys in my cabin have been staying up late all night. And I'm on my knees and I started off my prayer to God. God, in this camp early so I can go home. I want to get back to Subway. But so I, I start this prayer and I start to go after God. And I hear him say this to me. Shane, you're called to more than what you're doing. You're called to be a pastor. You've known this for a long time. But you haven't been doing it. Now's the time. I, I'm, I'm hearing this. It's on my heart. And I'm like, Pastors don't make a lot of money. Like I, I, Subway's paying me I, surprisingly very well at the time. So I, God, I don't know. And it just keeps 
pounding on my chest. And finally, it gets so specific. He said, when you go home, you're going to turn your two weeks in and you're going to quit. I, God, I don't know. But I just, I, I left that prayer time. I called my wife. And if you're, if you're familiar with Hume Lake, you only get one phone call a week. You know, so this was my phone call. <laughs> so imagine this. Hey, honey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become unemployed because God told me to. And uh, before I even get to say anything, I, I call, she answers and says, babe, guess what? I said, what? She's like, I went to our college group this week, and the pastor said he has a pastor job for you. And I said, oh, that's crazy. Maybe I'll quit my job. Maybe, I, <laughs> no, I, I was like, that's crazy. God just told me this, that I'm supposed to take down this step. So turns out this pastor job was at Adventure Christian Church up in Roseville to be the college pastor. It took six months for the hiring process. I was unemployed for five months. Very, it was a very stressful time, but I just felt like God calling me to do that. If you're familiar with the Roseville area, funny story. When I pulled up to go to Adventure Christian Church, there's this big church right off 65, okay, before you see Adventure. So I thought that was Adventure because they told me it was a big church. Like, how many big churches can there be? So I pull in, I walk into the lobby, and I walk up, and I say, this nice young man's at the front desk, and I say, hey, my name's Shane. I'm here for the college pastor job. His face just, what? I go, what? He's like, but I'm the college pastor here. <laughs> and I said, oh, this is awkward. What's the name of this church? He's like, oh, it's Destiny. It's like, oh, we're good. I'm in the wrong spot. I'm going to go up the hill. Uh. <laughs> See, because, listen to this. If you're taking notes, forward for God often seems backward for us. Sometimes when God is calling us to move forward, sometimes it feels backward. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, God is calling me to do this, but in the world's terms, it makes no sense at all. God is calling me to give away all my money to bless this family. People of the world say, why would you do that? But that's forward for God. See, because a lot of times when God calls us to march forward, it feels like we're actually marching backwards by the world's standards. The first point of today's message is we all struggle with forward motion. I, I, I don't know about you, but this, this iPad's huge. I, I feel weird preaching with it. The table's a little short. But, uh, so I'm just going to preach with my TV screen. Um, we all struggle with forward motion. Ephesians 4.22 says this. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We are called to put off our old self and to put on our new self in our relationship with God. Amen? So a lot, when, we, when, when, we, when God calls us to forward motion, we are called to live a different way. But how many of you are honest, and I fall into this too, when God calls us to forward motion, when he calls us to live to a different standard, we often find ourselves looking back at our old self, looking back at our old way of living. That's why forward motion is hard, because God does put expectations on us to live a certain way. And he says, I'm calling you to live above the standards of the world. I'm calling you to live up here, not down here, but a lot of times down here is a lot funner. And just like Lot's wife, sometimes down here is way more familiar and we miss it and we turn around and regard it or pay close attention to it. Or there's another way of this. Forward motion is hard for some people because they've had a past that is so dark. 
that stepping into the freedom of God is difficult because they feel like their past is too big to overcome. They are so caught looking back at all the bad they have done, they can't focus on the good that God has already done for them. A lot of this was for me. My life, I, I, I made so many mistakes in college when I was playing college football that my whole life was just ruined. I stole money from people. I was selling drugs. I was a mess. But when I encountered Jesus, it was hard for me to walk in freedom because I kept looking back and saying, how could God forgive somebody that, that is that messed up? I, I, I hear preachers talk about it all the time, but how could God really forgive that? I kept looking back. The second point, if you're taking notes, is God's ways are not always our ways. God's ways don't always make sense to us. God's ways might not fit into your plan. God's ways might confuse you a little bit. But Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's a beautiful scripture because what God is telling us with that piece of scripture is that we won't be able to always understand his ways because we live on earth. We live in a place where we can't comprehend heavenly ways. But the great thing about Christianity is God gives us heavenly ways of living so we can succeed on earth. He says, I'm going to give you heavenly wisdom. I'm going to give you godly wisdom that the world can't even comprehend. They're going to persecute you for it. They're going to make fun of you for it. They're going to say, what are you doing with your life? But they don't understand how this whole thing works. They only understand what the worldly wisdom is. So trust my ways. Step out and trust me. And that goes to our third point, is God's ways can always be trusted. If you are following God and looking at God and following after him, you know the way you're going is the right way. If, if you aren't looking for God and you aren't following his ways, then it might be in question. But I, I don't know about you, but there's been times where I've been following God, hasn't made sense to me, my life didn't seem as great as I thought it was going to be, but I knew I could trust it. When I was in a bad situation, I knew I could just keep the path, keep going. I can trust this way. Some of you just need to hear that tonight or today. See, I usually preach at night. Some of you just need to hear that today. That right now, where you're at, you've been following God's ways, and it, you feel like it hasn't been working out yet. You're not finished yet. Sometimes you got to push through the hard. Sometimes you got to push through the unknown. Sometimes you got to push through the unclear to get to where God is trying to take you. But the good thing is, is you can hold on to this in this unknown season that God's ways can always be trusted. So he's taking you somewhere. He might not have you there yet, but he's taking you somewhere. And the piece of scripture that stands out to me with this is in Matthew 14. And it says this, and we know this story. It's a story that we've heard a lot. It's about Peter st uh, walking on water. Anybody heard that story? And it says this, And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffered by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, the Lord is with you. Oh, no, sorry. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. I love that. Peter says, God, if that's you, what's he saying? Say, God, if that's you, I'm going to step out and I'm going to walk on water to you. We say the same thing. God, if that's your way, I'm going to step out in it. God, I can trust that because it's your way. And Peter steps out onto the water. Can you imagine that sensation? Whew. Like I'm not sinking. I'm literally walking on water. It must be God. It must be God. Because I can't do that. But then what happens in the story? He takes his eyes off of Jesus. This is the crucial part here. See, because if Peter would have kept his eyes on Jesus and he would have continued to walk, he wouldn't have noticed the waves. Or he might have noticed the waves, but if he would have had his eyes on Jesus, the waves wouldn't have looked as intimidating because Jesus is still standing in water. I'm going to Jesus. See, the thing I want you guys to hear is a lot of you are still stuck on the boat. Whoa, waves up here. A lot of you are still stuck on the boat, and God has called you out to a new way of living. God has called you out to a new calling. God has called you to break that sin addiction and to leave that behind. But here's what you're doing. Just like Lot's wife, this boat looks safe. These waves don't. My old, where I was, looks way safer than where God is calling me to go. So oftentimes, instead of walking out in God's ways and trusting in that, we just step back into the boat and stay where we're at. Just like Lot's wife, because it says that the angels called, they called her out and they said, run! Don't look back! We're destroying this city! I can imagine as she started to run, she's starting to run. <laughs> yeah, she's getting out there. And I bet she was in really good shape, actually. But she's running, and then something happened where she said, but what about my old way of living? What about the security I had? What about my friends and family? What about that way of life? And right at that moment when she turned, where'd her eyes go? Off of where God was calling her to go. Off of where God was calling her to go and look back at where she'd already been. So my question for you today, where are you looking? In your life, where are you looking? If you have marriage problems, Are you looking at just your marriage problems? Are you looking towards Jesus to get out of them? If you have financial struggles and it's affecting your everyday life, are you focused on those and you're looking at those and you can't keep your eyes off those when God is calling you to walk on water towards him? Where are you looking? Where are you looking? And something struck me as I was preparing this message. Part of this stepping out of the boat and walking on the water is your, the waves and everything was so crazy that it distracted him from God, correct? How many times in our life when we, we, we start to walk towards Jesus and we're walking that way and we mess up? We do something stupid. I'm extremely guilty of this. 
I mess up all the time. And I used to be convinced that when I messed up, it meant that my eyes weren't on God. That I must have turned away from God. I don't know if that's the case. See, because what, what, I, what happens is, is when I mess up, I have this feeling of, I can't believe I did that. See, because if my eyes weren't on God, I wouldn't be looking for his ways. So when I messed up, it'd be like, I don't care. This is what I do. See, because it is possible to mess up but still have your eyes on God. It is possible to mess up but get up again and keep walking. It's possible to walk on wavy water and stumble a little bit but not sink. So my question is, is where are you looking? Is it, is it that sin issue that you've been stuck in for years? And you've been trying to get out, and you walk, and you walk, and you walk, but then it comes up again, and you look away, and you start to sink. Is it that, that your relationship at home, for the kids in here, the high school students, is it your relationship with your parents, and it's just, you feel like they just don't understand. They don't get me. So I'm going to lash out in this way. I'm going to do this act. Is it is it what you're looking at on your, your little portable televisions when no one's around? Sorry. Is it when you come to church, are you focused? <laughs> Pastor's not here this weekend, so I can say this. So if it, when you come to church, when we're worshiping Jesus, the fact that God. Is it when the pastor is yelling, it's like, I can't hear the voice of God because the pastor's yelling. My question is, is where are you looking? See, because it doesn't matter what comes against you. If, if, no matter what sin issue you're dealing with, no matter what life decision you're dealing with, no matter what stage of life you are in, you can walk on water as long as your eyes stay fixed on God and not backwards. You can step on the waves and conquer that sin issue if your eyes stay on God. You might mess up and sway a little bit, but you ain't sinking if your eyes stay focused on God. I believe I, the reason this message was on my heart today is because I feel like there's people in this room who have felt like they're stuck in the boat. Or like Lot's wife, they're focused on their old self. And they're stuck. God is calling them to walk out. But they're stuck where they're at. They're stuck in that sin issue. They're stuck in that stage of life. They're stuck in financial crisis. They're stuck in their, their anger towards their spouse. They're stuck, they're stuck, they're stuck. And God is saying, just step out of the boat and keep your eyes on me. We'll get through it. Keep your eyes on me. We'll get through it. It doesn't matter how big the waves are. It doesn't matter how big the storm is. I'm going to have you walk on water. I don't know about you, but I want to be a water walker. Just because I saw him come back in and I'm a Pentecostal preacher. Can we have the keys up here, please? Sorry, man. I believe God's going to do something. You know the Holy Spirit doesn't move without a keyboard. Ah. So my question today is, once again, where are your eyes at? Because the cool thing is, is, all of us in this room are struggling. Some of us hide it better than others. Some of us never talk about it, but all of us in this room are struggling with something. You can get through it if your eyes stay focused on God. Oh, that's good. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to have you close your eyes. Good news, I'm getting you out of here early so you can go on vacation. 
I'm going to have you close your eyes. And I want you to think, what is God calling me to walk out of? What city is God calling me to walk out of? What sin issue is God calling me to walk out of? What relationship is God calling me to walk out of and to walk on water towards him? I want you to think about it. I want you to visualize it in your mind right now. Where is God calling you to walk on water in your life? That the only way you're going to get through it is if your eyes stay on God and trust his ways. Right now, I just want to know who I'm praying for. I'm going to ask you to do something very bold in a room where it's extremely well lit. Everyone's going to see you do this. Because I believe God calls us to make stands on our faith that are not in the quiet, in the dark. A lot of times pastors come to a place like this and say, raise your hands, no one's looking. Now, I want us to hold each other accountable. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do in a second is I'm going to pray, but before I pray, I want to know who I'm praying for. And if you're in this room and you you have a sin issue that you need God's help to conquer and you need to walk on water on, you need to keep your eyes focused on God and not look back. If you're in here and you've been focused on your old self looking back and God is calling you to walk in your new self and look towards him. Or maybe there's a financial issue or just something that seems so overwhelming that you can't conquer it alone and you want to keep your eyes on God to get through it. I'm going to ask you to do something very difficult. In a second, I'm going to ask you to stand up. To make a stand to say, whatever I'm going through in my life, it doesn't have to be a sin issue, it can be a health issue. It doesn't have to be a a health issue, it can be a relationship issue. We're all going through stuff, but whatever I'm going through, I'm going to keep my eyes on God and I'm going to walk on water and walk towards his ways. So I'm going to pray in a second. If that's you, keep your eyes closed and take a stand. Stand up and say, I'm going to walk in that way. Amen. 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 I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you for this group of people who are saying that they are going to keep their eyes focused on you. That no matter what they're going through in their life, God, they're going to keep their eyes focused on you. They're not going to take their eyes off of you. They're not going to look back. I pray that you just give them supernatural power and supernatural strength, God. I pray for every single person standing, even people in here who wanted to stand but didn't, God. I just pray right now that you would just wrap them in your arms. And just like you did for me at Hume Lake years and years ago, whisper that direction into their life. Speak that truth that can be trusted into their life so they know where they're going. We ask this all in your wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give it up for everybody who's standing right now? Can we give it up for them? Amen. He's going to come close it out. Thanks for having me out, guys. I love you. Thanks for letting me come hang out with you this morning. He's going to come close it out. Thank you for coming up with the keys. Thank you, my man. Thank you.